the word of truth. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can. I'm a believer and not a doubter. I'm a doer and not just a hearer. I am humble before the Lord. I'm obedient to the Lord. I'm mature in the Lord, and I'm enthusiastic about the Lord. I know that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Amen? The word of God. Hearing by the word of God. I just want to take this opportunity. You guys can take your seats. Just to, just to say thank you, you know. I thank God for, for keeping me. I thank Pastor Bolden for this assignment. And I, I ask, ask that God would just bless him for his faithfulness. Amen? Thanks to my son, Andre. Uh, I just want to let him know that God knows the plans that he has for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. To give you hope and a future. I give a little shout out to my daughter, Trinity. She's a little prayer warrior. She's praying for me, keeping me organized. Amen? A big thanks to my mom for encouraging me. And last but not least, thanks to my husband, Robert. I thank God for him covering me. Thank you for taking care of me. Amen? And to all of you, to my fellow ministers in the gospel, and all of you that came to hear what God has to say on this morning. Amen? And we are in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. I had to let you sit down so I could talk a little bit, amen? Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not, some of your Bibles say, do not depend on your own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Some, some versions say he will make your paths straight. I'm going to start by saying this. We are living in a world now and in a time where so much is going on. It's just a lot going on. We're dealing with things that we've never had to deal with before. Some things are alarming and there are some things that are unsettling. And because there is so much going on, people have been just a little bit more vocal, huh? A little bit more willing to share their passionate opinions. And we see throughout history, people have always had, had the power to influence with the use of their words. You, you've always had that opportunity. But for some reason, for some reason, nowadays, somebody say nowadays, words seem to carry just a little bit more weight. When words are used for good, that's great, it's great. But when words are used for bad, it can be hard to reverse the damage. And people know this. And so they use that to their advantage. People use words to ruin reputations, spread rumors, or mislead. Huh? Politicians do it. Businesses practice it. Marketing strategists, they, they buy into it. And all are to, to reach their bottom line or reach their expected goal. You just think about it. We are living in a time where you can be bullied online. Bullied online. Now, back in the days, a bully would put hands on you. 
Maybe even take your lunch money and give you a, and, and then give you a few choice words. But now you can be bullied all online. This just lets us know that there may be a bigger factor to bullying, and that's words. Now, we know that words are not the problem in general. The problem is what the words are saying. Are the words exaggerating? Are they misleading? Are the words instilling fear or promoting a viewpoint that is completely opposite or even slightly off of what God is saying to us? Words, words, words. Whether they're verbal, whether they're written, and they come in so many different sources, don't they? They're on your TV, they're through the news, your radio, social media, podcasts, phone calls, text messages, emails. And not to mention just in person, amen? The truth is, if we don't get control of what we allow in, life can be noisy, cluttered, and a lot to deal with. And so my overall message for you this morning is simple yet profound. And I just, I just believe that the Spirit of God is saying, turn the noise down so you can hear what the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is saying. Somebody say, turn the noise down. And what is, what is the Spirit of the Lord saying? What does God say? He's saying, trust in me. Do not depend on your own understanding. In everything you do, seek me, and I will make your paths straight. So I'm speaking to you from the topic today. What does God say? What does God say? You know, one of the main reasons we hear what God is saying clearly is because of the noise. What's noise? Noise is considered anything loud, disruptive, to hearing, one that is not agreeable, one that causes disturbances. The Bible uses the words noise, sound, and voice interchangeably. What's also interesting is the Bible's use of the words joyful noise together, they use them in a completely different manner. And so for the sake of context today, the noise we want to turn down is, a, is the same as what means in the Hebrew, unpleasant disagreeable, disruptive. And they had the nerve to have other smaller words that fall right underneath there. Mischief, hurt, injury. Those are subwords. And we, what we need to know about that is all of them fall under the category wicked and evil. Wicked and evil. A good example of the noise is in Isaiah chapter 32, 7 and 8. You can turn there. Isaiah 32, 7 and 8. Okay, there's some pages turning. But it's in here that, and there's different versions of it, but I like this version. It said, the, scheme, the schemes of the schemer are evil. He devises wicked plans to destroy the poor with lying words, even when the needy speaks justice. And so this passage is just an example of how we can see lying words or how words just in general can be used as devices 
or instruments used to strategize, to flatter, to trick. So it's a fact. We notice people will use their words as devices. But if you hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to you, you can decipher the noise from what God is saying to you. If you hear the Spirit of the Lord speaking to you, if you can hear him, you can decipher what's noise versus what he's saying to you. Turn the noise down. What I learned in my own life is that I had to put what God is saying over the noise. We can say with authority that no weapon formed against us will prosper and that every tongue that rises against us shall be condemned in the name of Jesus. Now here's a story to that. And I, I shared this before probably many years ago. But I was, I was on a deployment in Iraq we, this, at this particular time, we were constantly under mortar and rocket attack. It was daily. I think we were in Baghdad at that time. And sometimes, sometimes they would land, sometimes it was close. They would, they would get close to you, and sometimes you can hear it from afar off. But on this particular day, when we were hit, when, when the, you know, it landed, you could feel the difference. You could feel the, the rumbling. You could feel the shaking. And you knew that, hey, this time, this is a little bit different because it landed in our supply yard. And we took cover and waited for the all clear sign. And what would happen after that is they would have a team that was considered the recon team. You go out to assess the damage and I happened to be on that, the, the recon team. And so we went out when we were hit and this time as we went to assess the damage, we saw that the device was maybe 30 feet away from where we were. But more importantly, it went through a, a fuel bladder, and it was just right there. What was so crazy about this is that it didn't detonate. It didn't explode. It went through the fuel bladder and was just right there. And as I walked away from there, I'm preparing, the, you know, you got to do the report and turn information in. I'm thinking, oh my God. But I heard the Spirit of the Lord say, that's what it's like when you say, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. It won't work. He didn't say that the weapon wouldn't be formed. He didn't say that they wouldn't launch the weapon. He didn't say that they wouldn't target you. He didn't even say that it wouldn't hit or land where it was intended to land. But what he did say is that it will not prosper. It will not come to pass. It did not detonate. And so what I need you to get out of that is to, people are going to form their devices. Words are going to be spoken. Things are going to, you may be a target. It may be, it may be after you. But it won't prosper. It won't detonate. It cannot stop what God has for you. It cannot stop what God has already in place and in motion. Amen? You got to hear what the spirit of the most high God is saying. Now, if you don't know that, you would you'd be a little bit shaken up. You'd think a little different if you didn't know that no weapon formed against you. It's like we see in Ezra chapter 3, verse 13. Go ahead and turn there. 
Ezra chapter 3, verse 13. Ezra 3, 13. You see, this, this is when they begin to restore the temple. And when the, uh, the temple's foundation was laid, during this time, the trumpets were playing, the cymbals were clanging, the Levites were singing, there were shouts of joy, there were people weeping, because there had been so much time that passed, but the temple of the Lord was being restored, and as the foundation was laid, there was just a celebration, it was just a lot going on, the singing, the music, the instruments, people crying. And what we see, what I want you to see in verse 13, if you're there, it says, the people could not discern the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of the weeping of the people. For the people shouted with a loud shout, and the sound was heard from afar off. So this is not the noise that we are turning down. But the kind of noise that we are turning down is in Ezra chapter 4. You will see it uh, through, in verses 1 through 5. It says where the the adversaries of those who were building the temple. There were adversaries for the children of Judah and Benjamin. And they wanted to resist the building of the temple. And they even hired counselors to frustrate the purpose that God had. They even hired people to frustrate the purpose that God had intended. So as you are building, as you are doing what God is telling you to do, don't be defeated or don't think that you won't meet opposition. Don't think that people won't come with words or things to distract you or get you off track. That's the kind of noise that God is saying to turn down. Some will make noise to intentionally frustrate your purpose, and some will make noise from time to time just because they don't know any better. Some people just don't know, they just don't know any better. They have good intentions like Peter did. You guys remember Peter? Turn to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew 16. This is familiar. Verses 22 and 23. Matthew 16, 22 and 23. In Matthew 16, 21 through 23, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders the chief priests and the teachers, and that he must be killed on the third day and then be raised to life. In 22, we see that, you know, Peter's like, hey, and, and he took Jesus aside and he began to rebuke him, saying, Lord, this shall never happen to you. He didn't know any better. But we see in Matthew 16 and 23, Jesus turned to Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Peter, get behind me. There's so many different versions. Sometimes you need to tell somebody, get, you're making a lot of noise. Peter, you are a stumbling block. That's one of the words. A hindrance, a disruption, an obstacle. And some of your Bible said you are an, an offense to me. You are an offense to somebody when your mind is on man's purpose and not God's purpose. 
when your mind is on your agenda and not God's agenda? What does God have to say? So you can make decisions merely based, uh, merely based off of what men says to you, but I don't think that's what God has for you. You can't make decisions based merely on what men have to say. It says, but in all of your ways, acknowledge me and I will direct your paths. You know, one thing I think we neglect to do, we say it often, but I think we neglect to do it, is pray. Pray. In your personal prayer time, it's not all about you doing all the talking and leaning on your own thoughts, which is easy to do. But it's about you getting in his, in his presence in your own way. But during that time, you get to listen. And if you stay in his presence long enough, to, you get to hear. And if you pray more frequently, you get to grasp the essence of what it is that he's saying for you to do. What it is that he's saying to you specifically. And then that the frequency and with the timing, you get to do what he's called you to do and go the way that he has told you to go. Now, when we get, we get so familiar that we almost miss him speaking when we're in his presence because we've gotten so familiar or so routine or so caught up in the, this is, this is the routine, this is what I'm doing. Oh, I'm going to go pray. Oh, I'm going to do this. I think we almost miss him in his presence and in his word. And that's, for instance, this very passage of scripture. I tried to get away from Proverbs chapter 3, 5, and 6. I'm like, oh, there got to be something different that's that kind of, no. Proverbs 3, chapter 5, uh, uh, verses 5 and 6. And because it's familiar, it made me realize that how we allow some scriptures or some practices to become so familiar or so routine that we stop allowing him to speak and to lead us in our current situation. And God is yelling. I, I mean, I just feel it in my spirit that he said, I am still speaking, even now. My word, the same word, is still speaking. The scripture that you used back then was for then, but the scripture that I gave you now is for now. I am still speaking. He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the spirit is saying. He's still speaking. And so the question I have for you is, can you hear him? Can you hear him? You know, Wayne asked me the other night at, at Bible study a question, and it was just kind of not planned, just off the cuff. And he said, uh, why, why do you think that we as a people and as a body of Christ are not where we ought to be? Why are we not where we, we should be? Why are we not at another level? And he was saying, all of us. And I, and I mean, in that moment, I answered in that moment, but I got to go home and, and ponder that thing and really think about that. And, and I reason, one reason I shared there was us being consumed by what we hear, by what we see. And I'm just going to add that we allow noise to get on the inside. We allow some of the things that we hear and see to get on the inside. And I'm not sure if I read this before or if I 
where I heard this before, but someone once said it's not the amount of water surrounding the boat that causes it to sink. It's the amount of water that gets in the boat that causes it to sink. And we have to be on guard to determine what goes in. Everything is not supposed to get in. We get to determine what we allow in. And so I dare you, I dare you to turn off some of those sources just for a time. Turn off the TV for a time. Turn off your phone just for a time. Get off social media for a time. Take control of your thoughts all the time. Pause. Slow down. Calm down. Forgot this. Quiet down. Breathe in. Breathe out. Hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. The second reason I shared, I think that we are not where we ought to be is because of the lack of trust. Lack of trust in the Lord. When the top of the scripture, the very beginning, say, trust in me. Trust in the Lord. And when that trust begins to waver, the noise can get out of control. There's people struggling with doubt fear, and some have turned away altogether. The noise is just too loud, just got too loud, just allowed so much in that you just couldn't separate it. Hard to decipher what is and what should be and what shouldn't. And it seems to me it's much like in Exodus chapter 17 when Moses was leading the children of Israel out of Egypt. We get into these patterns. The children of Israel were quarreling with Moses about the lack of water. Huh? He, ran, he brought them across the Red Sea. Come on. And they were arguing. They began to argue for the lack of water. They tempted the Lord by saying or asking, is the Lord among us or not? Is he even here? And at the sight of what they thought was lack, the people began to question and argue with Moses. It says they begin to move on their own thoughts. They begin to do things that they thought were best. They went back to what was familiar. They wanted to do something familiar, something that they knew already, even though Moses heard from God. And that place was given the name Massa and Meribah to represent testing and quarreling. Testing and quarreling. Anytime there's a test, look out. Here comes the quarreling. Here comes the quarreling, the testing, then the quarreling. It's because we don't like navigating through the unknown. We need to know what is, what's, hey, what's going on? What's happening? This, hey, this ain't right. There's something going on a little different here. When something is unfamiliar, a lot of times it takes us out of our comfort zone. That's what it really is. It's the unfamiliar. And in the unfamiliar, a lot of times we make rash decisions. This is the time when we need to be seeking God. 
But we, we quick, we, I got to fix this. I got to get this. This, this. this is not right. It's not looking right. It's not lining up just right. But the testing in James 1 and 3, it says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Oh, you thought it was just water. You were looking at the lack of water, but what he was trying to let you see is that he was trying to perfect some things in you through the testing of your faith. Now somebody say, how do you know that you're a good captain if you're always sailing on a calm sea? Everything is always just so smooth. Ah, look at me, so good. You'll never know if you don't have a test where your faith stands. You'll never know until you get in a situation. I mean, we can say a lot of things, but until we get in some situations ourselves, then the testing of your faith. Oh, ye of little faith. Huh? They wanted to know why was Jesus sleeping? How are you sleeping at a time like this when the storms and the seas are raging? Don't you look around? Don't you see all this stuff going down? What do you mean sit down, shh, be quiet? God wants us to trust him in the unfamiliar. Trust him in the storm. Trust him. We trust in him when things look all right. Okay, okay. Is that really trust? If everything looks all right and then we still trust him, amen? And another thing is, is something called progressive revelation. And I've, I've spoke about this before, but us not knowing is so uncomfortable. And I know for myself, it's just like, hey, I, I need to know. I know God, you got you to tell me something. Something. What's going on? But that progressive revelation is when God has just showed you just a little bit at a time. Just enough that you can get to the next thing. And I got an example. I know me and Robert, we used to run. We would run a couple of miles probably like every Saturday morning. And... This one day, I don't know if he's feeling great or something, but he decided, hey, you know what, let's, let's run down this direction, and then we're going to go ahead and we'll take this other road down. And first I'm thinking, okay, but I can see it. I said, okay, okay, yeah, we're good. We're gonna. So we're running. We get to the end of that, and then he decided, well, you know, let's go ahead and go down here and then go a little further. And I'm looking, and I can't see the end of where it is that he's saying we got to get to. And I'm saying, well, why? And then, no, come on, come on. So we running, we're running along, and I go along with it, and, and he adds one more thing in it. And just when I was about to say, hey, wait a minute, what's wrong with you? Just when I was thinking, what's wrong with you? The Lord said, that's how, that's how I am with you. That's how it is when I'm trying to get you to go at the same pace, but take you a little bit further. I'm trying to take you a little bit further than you used to go. I'm trying to take you the same, you know, start you out maybe in the same route, but I'm trying to take you a different route that's going to require the same pace, the same stamina, maybe more stamina. But I can't show you the end. I can't tell you it all at one time because you're going to decide how fast you need to run, how you need to, I need to slow it down because I have to save some so I can get to the end over here. And so he don't tell us everything all at the same time. And for some of us, he sure can't tell us. <laughs> hey, 
Because you're going to decide where you're going to stop on the way, and then while I'm over here, when I get over here, I'm going to go here and make a turn. He can't tell us. It's intentional. And in the unfamiliar, and you not knowing the route, and you not knowing which way you ought to go, but you just listening to his voice and hearing, turn here. Keep straight. It has to be enough. And we got to have trust in that, knowing that at the end, he's trying to get us to a destination that he has planned for us. He's trying to get us to do some things that he has intended for us to do at the same pace. Amen? That's progressive revelation. And so we just got to, in that, we got to pray for people like Robert and who God was using in that case because I was about to get him. Just like those people, the children of Israel, they were about to get Moses. They were about to jump on Moses. Hey, we running out of water, you know. And I think that's today. These church people, <laughs> hey, what's going on? We got to pray. Y'all got to lift up pastor. Lift up the leaders and the people that are in some kind of authority. But people, people are not playing. What's going on here? You know, you want to know what's going on. It's looking a little different. There's some things changing. We got to lift up leaders. We got to pray for our pastors. We got to hold up the arms. You remember Aaron and her, when Moses, when they were at a battle against the Amalekites, it wasn't looking, it wasn't looking pretty good. Every time that Moses would hold his arms up, they were winning the battle. They were defeating the enemy. And then when his arms were getting tired and they were going down, then you would see that we started to lose the battle a little bit. Things started, it wasn't looking good for us. And so Aaron and her, they said they sat, the Bible says they sat him on a stone. One held one arm and the other lifted up the other arm and they propped them up so that they, they could keep his arms held up. And the end of that thing says that they defeated the enemy. They beat the Amalekites. And that's how we're going to have, that's the only way we're going to win. That's the only way that we're going to defeat some of the challenges and some of the things that we face. We're going to have to hold up the people that God have put in positions of authority. We're going to have to pray for them. We're going to have to surround them and, and lift them up. You see the arms getting tired. We don't have to pray. We can't make the noise. Don't be a part of the noise maker. Be a part of the solution. Lift them up. Hallelujah. You know, a little bit down in, in Exodus 17 and 12, when they sat him on a stone, when they sat him down, I think it was a time where it was just like you paying attention, you being able to hear God, hey, when I do this, it's not looking good. When I'm doing this, when the arms are raised, somebody had to notice that. And as a people, if we're praying and if we're connected to God and we hear his voice, we will know what we need to do in those situations. We'll be sensitive to his spirit. Amen? God ordained leadership. And he anoints them to carry out what he has called them to do. He still uses people to speak and to teach what the spirit of the Lord is saying. Now, Pastor has been in a series of Jesus is worth the risk. 
And we know most certainly that Jesus is worth the risk. He said that every day you take a risk, especially if you have a car, yeah, you, take, you take a risk. You may not realize it, it just be, might be a more comfortable risk to get in this car, but it's a risk. You get to decide what risks you take for whatever reasons you want to take them. And some may not take the risk because of the noise that they have allowed to get on the inside. You may not take the risk because of this, because of this, because of that, because of that. And then we can come a million reasons why I'm not going to do that. But I want to ask you, is the noise, are those things that you allowed in contrary to what God is asking you to do? And if you don't know that, then I implore you to turn down the noise. Turn down everything that's extra for a time that you might hear where God is leading you and guiding you and what he's telling you to do. Amen? Fear, doubt, maybe even lies from the enemy. Noise. And so I submit to you that we may be taking some risk he never intended for us to take and not taking some risk that he has intended for us to take. And I got to use my own self. He, got, he, he had to deal with me. Some of the things you take on are not, may not even be for you. And then some of the things that you don't take on or you shy away from is the very thing that I asked you to do. It's about hearing God and doing what we ought to be doing in his time. Because you did it last month or last year, that may not be for you this month or this year. And I laugh because this morning I heard the, the women of worth, they were talking and discussing about taking time off, taking time for self, taking time to take care of yourself, take care, taking time, resting on the that seventh day, actually taking a rest. But for me, God was dealing with me another way. He said, you know, if it's safe enough, Adrian, for you to go shopping and trying on shoes, skinning and grinning in the mirror, then it's safe enough for you to go to church. Oh, don't get quiet. God, I need your help right here. Because I can't be concerned right now about how you feel and make you feel good right now, but I'm going to give it to you just the way he gave it to me. He said, if you can travel and stop in the crowded gas station. Oh, my God. He said, Adrian, if you can sit less than six feet away from the lady doing your nails. Less than six feet, y'all. Then surely you can come in this 3,000 square foot building. Ah! Oh, don't get mad at me. The spirit of the most high God said, surely you can take the risk that I told you to take. Because you take some other risks that I never intended for you. And you are just fine with your nails and your shoes. Oh, surely. Oh, don't get quiet now. Surely. If we quiet the noise down, It'll put some things into perspective. It'll put the priority where it needs to be, you know? Because if you was able to get the hair done, surely they were closer to you than anybody sitting next to you right now that's six feet away in the name of Jesus. That was for me. 
I don't know if that's for you, but that was for me. Take the risk. It's some other risk. It's some other things that God is asking you to do. He's calling for you to do that you've been putting off. And you choose to do this other thing because it's just a little bit easier. It's familiar. It's comfortable. Oh, I like doing that. You know, I can do that. I got that. Figure that out. And he said, well, I'll come on over here and, and do this or try this. And so the challenge is today for us to do, first of all, for us to hear what God is saying. Huh? Turn the noise down. Turn that noise down. It's noise. Whether you want to admit it or not, the TV is making some noise. Yeah, oh, yes, it is. Some of the stuff you're watching, the news over and over and over and over. How many times do you need to know about January 6th? I, can't, I just can't. I can't. I don't. How many times? I, do you need to listen to the same thing over and over again? Some things begin their noise. If you already know the information, what are, what are you going to do hearing it again and again and again? You know, you don't read that word again and again and again the way you ought to. But you'll watch that series on TV and I'll go back to that last episode one more time. I know I'm talking to somebody. Because it was good. You know, we make priority for the things that are important to us. And God is trying to get and be that number one priority in your life. And so just simple, and this is what he gave me, what does God say? And to find out what he's saying in each and every one of the situations that you face especially when it's unfamiliar, he may be trying to do something in you, amen, and for you. Give God some praise in this place. <laughs> Hallelujah. Stand on your feet. Stand on your feet this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is worthy. He is worthy. Hallelujah. I know you wanted a shouting, a shouting word, but God says, what did I say? What do I say? What do I have to say? There's a lot of things I could have said, a lot of things I could have preached, but God, at this time, it's timing, it's timely. What does he have to say about the situation? Hallelujah. And some of you this morning, under the sound of my voice and online, are facing some situations that be more of a risk than just coming into a building. Somebody's health is failing. Hallelujah. And some people are facing some different situations in their families with children and addiction. There's some things going on that it's not easy to navigate through. Not easy to know all the time exactly what you ought to do and how to do those things. And this morning, God is just pricking your heart. To say, hey, I am still speaking. Hallelujah. Glory to your name on this morning, God. Oh, God, we give you glory. We give you honor this morning, and we give you praise. Hallelujah to your name on this morning. For you are the most high God. You are sovereign in all of your ways, oh God. And right now in the mighty name of Jesus, we lift up every household and family under the sound of my voice, God. We lift them up before you. Every concern, every need, oh God. Hallelujah when life is screaming. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. You hear it. And you know it all so well. And so we hand over every heartache this morning to you. Every disease, every sickness, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you that you will provide specific instructions 
right now in the name of Jesus, that you will meet that need, oh God. Hallelujah to your name, Father. For the one that is deciding which way they ought to go, deciding between two ways. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You say, I will make your path straight. You say, trust in me with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all of your ways, acknowledge me and I will, I will direct your path. We trust you this morning that you are directing paths on this morning, that you are providing instruction, guidance. God, that you are giving vision right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, that where there is lack, hallelujah, that you will provide in the mighty name of Jesus. God, we thank you that you are still king of kings. We rebuke the enemy, God, on every hand concerning your family, your children, Lord God. We rebuke the enemy. We rebuke the noise, oh God. And we thank you for your specific instruction, Lord God, to quiet down, to calm down, just for a time that we might hear what thus said the Lord. We give you glory in this place. We plead the blood of Jesus over every household, over every family member, over every child. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Over sickness and disease right now. Hallelujah. In your name, oh God. We thank you that you hear our hearts right now, oh God. If you hear the beckoning of the one that say, heal me in the name of Jesus. God, we give you glory. And we thank you, Lord God, that you are intentional. Hallelujah and that your word does not return into you void. We thank you, and we look forward for the testimony that said it did, your word did what it was sent out to do. We honor you in this place, God. We give you glory, we give you honor, and we give you praise. It's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen? Amen. Amen. Lift up a praise. That means you got to open your mouth with it. You got to tell them something good. You got to let him know you really love him. Hallelujah. You thank him because he sees you. He chastens those that he loves. Hallelujah. Hallelujah in this place. I thank you, Lord God. You're worthy to be praised. Thank you, God, that you move by your spirit. We give you glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go ahead. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is worthy. Yes, he is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So if you're in the house today, if you're online and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we ask that you please raise your hand. If you're online, we ask that you will call the number that's on your screen. I see no hands. If you're looking for a church home, Pastor Bolden and the Striving family would love to have you as a part of this ministry. And if that is you, would you please raise your hand? If you're online, you may call the number on your screen. If you would like to know more about the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, please raise your hand. We'll just have someone give you literature and tell you more about it. I see no hands. Glory to God in this place. He is yet worthy of our praise. Hallelujah to his name. Just one more praise. Give him a praise in this place. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah, God. We love you. Hallelujah. We thank God for you. In the name of Jesus, amen? Amen.